I've been eager uh, this week to share this message with you. Uh, because the words of looking one, 1 through 11 are, are words that, uh, you know, really kind of work with my own heart. And, uh, uh, for us here, uh, as we talk about Thanksgiving and we talk about what the Lord is doing and has done. And so I hope you will, you know, give me some of your time uh, this day as we, uh, you know, focus on, you know, finishing up our series uh, with a message titled, I Thank My God, 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 God. This is one of the great prayers of Paul. And, and one of the great sayings uh, that he has. And, and I think it's important for us to hear what he has to say. As he starts out in this wonderful letter, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ. Let me back up a little bit. What, what really should be said here, but we, we recoil whenever we hear it, is Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. To God's saints, two words right off the bat that, that come with a load of connotation, a load of baggage. We would dare not say those things today, we would say. But this becomes the key, as Paul says, to God's saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Of all the things Paul could have used to describe himself, this isn't one we would have picked up on, or it's not one we would even use today as slave. Nor do in our churches we look at one another and say, Dan, you are a saint. And you've heard it before? Yeah. You know, because both of those things have connotations in mind. And what, what Paul is saying, you know, when he takes this slave mentality, we probably need to get back a little bit to it. He was aware of the ills of slavery in his day. Now, in a lot of regards, the slavery of his day was not as cruel inhumane and awful as the slavery our nation endured and perpetuated. And even in years past, in the early 1800s, the church tried to continue on in the mistreatment of humans, but it wasn't always a nice thing then either. But what Paul is trying to say, if we want to grow in thanksgiving and enjoy, we must realize that we can't be about ourselves. When he says he is a slave of Christ Jesus, Jesus alone gets to dictate what he does, where he goes, and how he lives. So he's not trying to humiliate himself or, or, or to say he is less than is necessary. He's just trying to put all of life in right perspective. And so he's reminding them that if we want to be unified in joy, unified in thanksgiving, there has to be someone above us to look towards. It can't just be us looking at one another. There has to be someone who has full say. Then he goes on to call them saints. I don't know about you, but when you hear the word saint, most people 
think of saints as in the Catholic Church, someone you, you pray to and hope that they can bid God's ear a little more. In our Baptist kind of settings and in non-Catholic settings, we, we sometimes will say to Pastor, you pray that you have a more direct link to God than I do. Or your prayers reach it quicker, and I, I don't always, I, I'd like to say, I'm just like you. My prayers aren't any more important than anyone else. But we've got in this idea that somebody else can reach God more than we can, and Paul is reminding them once again with this idea of saints. That it is you who have a direct access to God. You can go directly before the throne of grace. He's not going to say, though, and he doesn't give us the example, but it's just you and God. For what Paul would say is relationships are key to life. This relationship he and Timothy have with this church and with others. Relationships, may I say this week, is a key ingredient to Thanksgiving. Noah may say it's the turkey and the mashed potatoes. The devil, oh yeah. I knew I liked it for a reason. I just now find out why. All right? That ingredient, some of you have a secret ingredient that makes whatever you're going to make this Thursday important, key. But if you do this all alone, you're going to miss it. And that's why as a community we have a Thanksgiving uh, meal together so that no one eats Thanksgiving alone. Because relationships are key to life. We read in Genesis, uh, in the very first beginnings, when, when God created Adam, there was no suitable helper for him. He, Eve was created because Adam needed relationships to be there. There's not this idea in Scripture ever that it is you and God and no one else. It is us together that form the church. Us together that shares the gospel. It is us together that shows the world there is a better way. The way of Jesus. And as we get into verses 3 through 11, this is a, a prayer that is prayed out of relationships. And so I want us to lean into the wisdom this morning very briefly in my time that I have left to share with you the wisdom of Thanksgiving from these verses. It may not be the primary meaning of verses 3 through 11, but I think it gives us some challenging words, but also some reminders of what we are all about. And so you read with me from your translation as I read from the NIV this morning. I thank my God every time I remember you. And all my prayers for all of you. If I could change that a little bit. And all my prayers for y'all. Okay? Uh, where's Joyce? There you are. You snuck in on me. Joyce, get that, you know. All of you, that's the northern way of saying things. Y'all is the rest of us, okay? All right? For y'all, I pray always with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now. 
partnership for the gospel is the key here. Paul uses the word that we throw around in our day name, fellowship. Okay? And, and, and unfortunately, I believe we need to, we have devalued the real meaning of the word fellowship, and we need to regain what fellowship really is. Fellowship is not just, let's have a meal together and have some fun. That's relationships, and that's important. But fellowship has, I believe, in Scripture, this idea that we are together in order to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just to sit around the table and say, how was your day? How was your day? That's important. And I'm not denying any of that. We need both of those. But fellowship is not just we as Christians get together and have a great meal and stuff ourselves and go home. Paul is talking about because of your fellowship in the gospel from the very first day until now. I echo similar words of Paul. Some of you may remember from the first days of our time together. I believe that was actually Jeff. I believe it was eight years ago. This Sunday. I think it was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Uh, that I came to Canada with you in 2015. Uh, if not, it was next Sunday. But it was right around the beginning of hunting season. I know that. Because I think I asked Jeff. Because uh, up in Michigan, the Sunday of hunting season is one of the lowest attended Sundays at church. And, and I vaguely remember asking Jeff, will anybody be there? Maybe not those exact words. But will anybody be there? It's, it's you know, Thursday of hunting season. And he assured me you all would show up. And uh, I know many of you did. But it was that Sunday that we came together. And it was just a few short weeks later, you know, we would start that first Sunday in January, our partnership for the gospel. And you will have loved my family as well. But it was just four of us. And then Eliana came along the way. The five of us. And for seven and three quarters years now uh, that I'm counting, it's easy when I have her and the board while we're here. I don't have to think hard. We've been in partnership with the gospel, where, we, where I know I have challenged us to do things that we would never have done on our own. I know that it hasn't always been smooth and easy as we've discerned what Paul would say, what is best, but I can say this. You have loved my family well. From sometimes people coming and mowing grass, to the bags of coffee, to the loveness, to the word of encouragement, to meals, to the many other expressions, buying things for my kids. Always when it reminds us, and I can say in all my prayers for us, there is a moment of joy in there as Thanksgiving because of our partnership for the gospel here. And we'll continue on. And this brings us, I think, to the next point that Paul is talking about here. We must mentor and disciple others. This idea that Paul is giving this way is, he says in verse 7, we'll get back to verse 6, he says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. There's this, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus and his prayer that they would grow in love 
and in knowledge, and the knowledge and the love which is always growing. He's talking about discipleship here. He doesn't do this just because he, he preached a sermon and he went on his own way. I have my favorite pastors that I like to listen to. But let's be honest, they don't disciple and mentor me. Because they're not here with me, and I'm not with them. And there are some great ones out there. And you have your own. But we as the church need to regain a sense of discipleship and mentorship. And it can't just be a program of a Sunday school or a Wednesday morning or even a small group. Those are important. But the true nature of those things was to help create relationships where one person is pouring in to another person. And so I'm going to ask it now and we'll come back to it later. Who is your Paul? Who could write a letter to you as he's writing here? And then also, who are your Philippians? Where you are spending time together that you could write a letter to say, I thank my God for you and all my prayers. See, this is the pattern of Paul. Is he would mentor others. We have Timothy, we have Titus, we have Philemon. A letter written to them. There's this relationship. Who do you have pouring in your life? Who can speak into your life? I spoke with one of my mentors this week. I was uh, actually driving on my way back from seeing Liz. And they, you know, they told me they didn't need to speak with me, but I really wanted to hear their voice and just kind of catch up real quick. Now, they don't get to pour into me as much as they used to because of other locations. But I have others that I call on, you know, that, that get to speak into my life in a way that hopefully when they remember me, there are uh, prayers of thanksgiving going on and of joy. But who are your Philippians, your Timothys, your Titus, your Clemens, that you're pouring in to them and saying, I don't know how. Start sharing time. It's not, I don't want to say it's not rocket science, but you don't need an advanced degree. One of the reasons I do, one of the big reasons I do youth ministries, because they become my, my Philippians. So we have a good time on Sunday nights, don't we? You know, we have some interesting conversations. And there's a lot of craziness that happens, right? All right, don't forget, youth tonight. Offer to these after tonight, but just tonight, okay? We'll need something. I'm not sure yet. You want something special? No? No, what you got tonight? Yes, sir. You want something special? Devil X? All right, I'll see you when I can do about Devil X. No problem. Okay. Daniel, what do you want? Uh, not salmon hot dogs. I'm not, you know, I'm not going there. Hey, by the way, if anybody likes salmon, like hot dogs, I got salmon hot dogs to have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why anybody put those, but you know, they have backstrap. I'm not sure what that one works. But if you want to try it, I got five pounds. Well, probably four and a half pounds for it. Dip the things in batter. They're all yours, then. And you can fry them up if you want. I'm just saying uh, there are some things that don't go hand in hand, but I will tell you in Scripture what does work. I'm going to break it back some way out of this, okay? What does go hand in hand is, 
Christ, you are mentoring somebody else and discipling someone else in the world. Paul never did it alone. He had others he was pouring into. So I just ask you that question. Because we must regain that again and again. How can I disciple you? One of my roles as a shepherd is to disciple you. And you may go, well, don't you have enough other stuff to do? It's not about what other stuff has to be done. A partnership for the gospel means that we do this together. And as your pastor, that is my calling, that is my life, that is my heart's desire. But some of you also need to be pouring into somebody else. Love cannot grow when it is bottled up. The faith cannot grow when we keep it in a jar and look at it and participate in it. We've got to open it up and live it out. One by one by one. Who are you mentoring? The goal of mentorship isn't just knowledge, but you read in here, and this is my prayer for you, verse 9, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. The goal is discernment about best things, not just right things. And this is a comfort for me as, as I try to mentor some of you. Is I don't have to be the expert on whatever you're going through. I just got to start teaching you what is the Spirit saying? Are you praying about that? Have you, have you thought about this principle of Scripture? I don't have to, to try to tell Clay, if I'm mentoring Clay, everything about health insurance, life insurance, or all the insurance you do, and, and what that looks like. I have not a clue. Guess who I go to when I have insurance questions? That guy right there, okay? But I don't know it all. I don't have to, but I can go, where is Jesus calling you in this? Does your business align with gospel principles? You know? What does that look like? I don't have to know everything about law enforcement to help Calvin. Well, thank you, Jesus, right? You know? Uh, I don't have to know all about the things he does in his bar, but I can ask him a question. How does this glorify Jesus? Where does Jesus play in this? What is the things of Scripture you're reading? And at times, let's go do something together. How do we do that? To be the resource for someone else. So that as they grow in their faith, part of what's going on, part of why we have Philippians and, and Corinthians and the other letters is because the church is asking Paul, hey, help us know what is best. Or Paul hears something and goes, whoa, you're out there as he does with Corinthians. He says, this is it. He'll go on to say in Philippians here, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That is the goal of discipleship, of mentorship. And when you have someone you're pouring in, you will grow in thanksgiving and joy because then you get to go, Wow, the Lord is doing a work here. Wow. I can't believe what God has done in your life. Just a couple weeks ago, and I'll be back to my other guy, but just a couple weeks ago, I did, I did a wedding. I did a wedding for uh, one of my old teenagers, my old kids. What a 
That only happens as we pour in. I'm getting to the point here where I remember when, when certain kids were like babies. I mean, Lila, she was a baby. You know, maybe nine months when I came. But she grew older than Elia. You know, and now look at it. You know? Uh, this rare voice. And probably not here at this point, but you know, two of them are off and away. You know? Noah, you didn't come to class or I've been here a while. Oh, yeah. You know, it's always good to see you. Alright? Sometimes better than others. You know, but when you came, you were even smaller. I'm not sure how. You know, you you've actually grown. You know what? You have actually grown taller and you're heavier than when you first came. Right? But I also remember when your sister was shorter than you. You know? Yeah. And I remember these things. It's been here long enough. What that could bring me joy is sometimes our work as we mentor others is to say, have you noticed what Jesus has done? Have you noticed what Jesus has gotten you to? Have you noticed his faithfulness? And what God has done? I can remember at different times in your lives. You know, I remember when, when Ron and Sue Clutter first got here and shortly after we sent uh, the uh, OSU wait for them to have their open heart surgery. And now look at you. You know, Leland, you and all your surgeries were, for whatever reason in your wisdom, you think you deserve best that you can drive yourself there and home. There's always a squirrely one that doesn't listen. Okay? <laughs> no, but I remember those things. I remember going, you did what? And he's like, eh. You know. You know, Rita, I remember being present with some of yours. And Ron, when you had cancer. And you looked like me every day. Now look at you. You got hair back. I don't. But you do. No, I remember these things. Now I can see, I remember your wedding. And I was there, so I should. But I remember everything that was going on. So I, I remember our conversations. And, and my job is to be mentor. I mean, Pastor Ken, I remember when we, I just, and I still can't, but you would go do a lot of hospitals with me. Or do them, and we would talk and, and share. My job is to remind you of God's faithfulness for the partnership of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what God has done is sometimes in your life, you get, we get so caught up here and we need somebody outside to say, I remember when. Bonnie, I remember when I first met you and didn't even know what your name was. You remember that? Eliana was bothering her at Bob Evans. I think that, well, I don't know, we were at Bob Evans together and your Bonnie is sitting by herself and Eliana's having a good time. And Bonnie, I didn't know if Bonnie was Bonnie, okay? I just knew there was this, what I assumed to be widow sitting by herself, and, and Alicia and I go, she's playing with Eliana, why don't we just bring her over? And so we did. And she's been here ever since. She's been stuck with me. Ever since. You know, and that reminds me, I think I say, her brother Tom on our prayer list is now home from the hospital. And we pray the Lord for that. But I remember those things. And remember what the Lord has been doing, but that only happens when we are in relationship one 
with another. Love and thanksgiving must be worked out in order to grow. And you can't do that alone. And I know for some of you, I mean, Jennifer Lund, you've been in my house for how long? A little over a year. Yeah. I know things about you. You know things about me. You what? I know. I love you. You what? And you still love me, right? Okay. For a minute, you were thinking a little hard there. No. Love flows when it is worked out. As we are in relationship with one another. This is the see, I hope you hear as, as interesting and as funny and maybe as obscure as all of those things are. This is the, the letter that Paul is saying, the prayer that Paul is saying is dripping with those memories, I believe. As he remembers their partnership for the gospel of Jesus and what we have done together. Because we know this. Paul says in verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began to work in you will carry it out unto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We can mentor one another because we know with confidence, with a surety, as much as Jesus is alive today, he is 100% alive today, that he who started it will continue it on. I don't have to worry about the results. I just got to worry about loving one another. Discipling, mentoring, partnering for the gospel of Jesus. And so, as I come to a close, I just ask the question again. Who is your Paul? You don't have one. We got some around you. You know, we have someone around here. You're going to have to let them get to know you, and vice versa. Some of you who are older in your faith, you need to be looking for your Philippian or your Timothy in the faith. Paul would say, elsewhere, older men teach the younger men. Older women teach the younger women what is fitting in the Lord, this idea of discipleship and mentorship. I believe there's somebody here who has a call of God for ministry on their life. That's what I can tell you everything not to do. I've made most of those mistakes so you don't have to. And I can help mentor you as we partner together for the gospel and empower you and release you to do the gospel of Jesus. But we've got to do it together. Who is your Paul? And who are the Philippians? You say, I don't have one. Start praying. If you don't have one, you're missing how to grow in joy and love and in thanksgiving this year. And be intentional of what you do as we grow together. Because the gospel reminds us relationships are key to life. Jesus doesn't call us to be a better version of ourselves. He calls us to be a part of his church, his family, his community. Is he.
And that's why Peter says, you are a priest. Showing everyone else who our Lord is. And may I say again, if you haven't heard it, if it's been veiled by the other ones, no, I love being your pastor. I'm grateful to be your pastor. We're not perfect. If you were perfect, I couldn't be your pastor. Alright? But I love it. I love it. Is it easy? Not always. But easy doesn't mean we're not grateful if we don't have joy and love, because those are attitudes. Those aren't feelings. But let me continue to pass through you and know that one of the things I am grateful and thankful for this Thanksgiving, the love, be away, try to rest a little bit, try not to burn the church, I will remember you all, the church here, known as First Baptist Church St. Church, with joy and for Thanksgiving, because of our partnership this day and for many, many more years to come for the gospel of Jesus Christ here, so that the whole world may know that Jesus is Lord. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these people here. I thank you that you have called us together to be your people here in this place. Lord, I ask that you continue to help us to grow in partnership for your gospel. Lord, that we would be even more intentional in the year to come about mentoring one another so that, so that others will hear the gospel of Jesus. For I can't reach them all, but together we can reach more. And so, Lord, may we truly be better together than we are apart. And Lord, may we continue to work out this partnership so we can be confident, and may we have the confidence that you who began the work over 149 years ago will carry out the work until the day of Christ Jesus. So Lord, help us to discern what is best this day as we seek to be your people. May we gather together with gratefulness, with love, with joy, knowing that you blessed us with many things. Lord, I thank you for this time and for this place. And I thank you most importantly for the one who is called by his grace, who is our peace, who is our hope. We, I thank you for Jesus Christ, my Lord, my master, my king, and my friend. And we pray this in his name. Amen. May you join as we continue to worship hymn number 790. We gather together.